0: The Veritas Radio Network is guaranteed the right to offend, annoy, agitate, shout harass, and entertain. You should start programming right now. Kind of
1: like the cultural sewage served up on Bravo or CMT, only it's on 24 hours a day, except Sundays. When the truth gets you angry and you throw your smartphone, remember, no one is forcing you to listen to the truth on the Veritas Radio Network. You can't handle the truth.
0: You're doing that of your own free will. That's what makes this country great, and any gay marriage pointless. That's offensive! So there isn't much you can do about it, Chowderhead. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Grab a book, take a vow, and conform your mind to reality. Yeah, reality. Otherwise, you're just another Judas-inspired
1: Karl Marx wannabe, and your children will steal your credit card number to buy tickets to the Miley Cyrus Twerkers Ball. I came in like a wrecking ball. Are you ready? Let's get it on! On the Veritas Radio Network's Crusade.
0: like that happened last night in filthy Delphia. So the party that kills babies uh, on Wednesday night and boasts and brags about it, about it on Thursday night features fathers fawning over children that actually escaped the womb. Folks, we got a lot to talk about here. It's a free phone Friday, Mike Church Show. Asking the question of the day: What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Well, as I said, it's a free phone Friday, so. Oh, and remember, Friday is Hawaiian
2: shirt day. Uh So you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans.
0: charged with the task of telling us what it is we shall talk about on the program. Telephone number to take me up on my kind, benevolent, beneficent offer of the use of these radio airwaves: Call 844-527-8723. Email me directly, my email address, same as it ever was, kingdude, K-I-N-G-D-U-D-E, at mikechurch.com. Website at mikechurch.com, where you'll find today's pile of prep. Freshly minted, Uh, 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 in addition to a brand new pile of prep, you will also find, in uh, the style of, it takes a village of sixth graders. Hillary's speech was written for sixth graders. You'll find that on uh, the brand new, freshly relaunched, bikechurch.com website. Hope you'll stop by and uh, take a gander. If you're looking for the Daily Republican email newsletter, sign up so you can... Grab those free uh, Android and iPhone download codes for the uh, Veritas Radio Network app, and then to get your $10 coupon that you're going to spend in the Founders Trading Post this weekend. It's all the way down at the bottom of the page. Uh, We're going to figure out how to get it up near the top. Uh, It'll just take a little bit of coding and engineering. I just kind of ran out of time, but site's looking pretty nifty. Go check it out, mikechurch.com. Let me know your thoughts on it. Uh, and, uh, any suggestions, uh, you listeners and, uh, dare I say, fans of this program, of what you would like to see that's not included on the front page? Now, I uh, specifically say on the front page. Then when you click through to pages, what would make your navigating life simpler? Uh, what would you like to see on the click-through pages? And since uh, I am the designer of the site, I can... Uh, I- I can <laughs> I can respond to your concerns. I they can actually do that. So check it out at, today at mikechurch.com. Uh, I noted that while Mrs. Clinton was haranguing to sixth graders, candidate Donald Trump, Trump Ziller was roaring to a crowd in Iowa last night. Now, I don't know who posted the video or who took the video, but it's on the at real Donald Trump Twitter feed. And uh, it is, it's is—it's obviously taken from the stage from whence candidate Trump spoke. And uh, it is a panorama video. Oh, it starts left and then pans right. I shouldn't say panorama because panorama would have the whole thing in one shot. But it is a video that pans the entire audience of a very large arena of some sort that is absolutely packed standing room only there's no room for anyone else in, uh, in in the auditorium and this is while mrs clinton was delivering a speech to a gaggle of six graders now if you are wondering what i'm speaking of i want you to, i want you to go to the website at mikechurch.com if you want to satiate or satisfy your own curiosities about this um as a matter of fact, you can take something that you have written and you can run it through, run it through the Flesh Kin K text analyzer. Uh, just a little bit of background on this as we get into on today's Free Phone Friday program. Did I mention that it's Free Phone Friday? Did I mention that means that people can call and pick their own topics at eight four four five two seven eight seven two three? Okay. Just, just, just checking, brother, sister. Um. The purpose of the Flesh Kincaid Text Analyzer was to help students at Harvard make better uh, term papers or thesis papers or whatever. So you would take the text of what it is that you're writing and you put it into the analyzer and it'll tell you the the readability of the document. Uh, And a couple of things that it'll do, it'll count the amount of characters, it'll count the amount of words, it'll count the amount of sentences. Uh, it will give you a word count, an average word count, an average uh, character count per word, etc. So you get a lot of information in him. But, but here's where it becomes important. The Flesh Kincaid Text Analyzer, and by the way, I fa- found this thanks to our dear friend, Brian McClanahan, frequent guest on this program and a, contri- a contributor to this show and co-author of the or co-editor of uh, uh, Is Davis a Trader book. The best book about secession ever written. If you're a Mark Kreslin show, fans, go to MikeChurch.com right now and go buy yourself a paperback. Do yourself and your kids a favor. Go buy a paperback copy of Is Davis a Traitor? Was there a constitutional right to secession previous to the War of 1861? Answer, yes. Albert Taylor Bledsoe makes the greatest argument. As a matter of fact, the argument is so solid, so profound, and so irrevocable that no one has ever bothered to challenge it. There's never been a response written to it. Why? Because there is no response. There was and remains thus. And, you know, and, and, and Mark brings this up. He brought this up a couple times this week, and I meant to applaud him for this. It doesn't matter what the Constitution says. We are free and, hey, we are told last night by Mrs. Clinton we are the greatest most free people in the history of the world. Something to that effect. Brother, sister. I think the sister brother may actually work for Mrs. Clinton in in, in any event. Um <clears throat> It doesn't matter what the Constitution says. We, 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 there's, no, there's no eternal law that says that we have to be bound by the current Constitution of the United States. It just doesn't exist. Uh, so ponder that. But, but get a copy of the book. Uh, and Brian McClanahan, a professor of history, uh, helped uh, uh, and a devotee of the work, We wrote uh, introductions to each chapter, and Brian wrote the foreword for the book. uh, Is Davis a traitor? And it's available in uh, paperback. But if you want a constitutional argument for why secession is is a constitutional right, well, there it is in the book, and it's great reading, anyways. And uh, Taylor Bledsoe, uh, Albert Taylor Bledsoe, was so thorough; he just he took all of the arguments that were uh, posited by radical Republican Yankees in 1860-61 and just demolished each and every one of them with fact. He demolished it with fact and with the actual history. Okay, so now back to our, our, our charge for the day. Um, the Flesh kincaid text analyzer, I discovered it in 2011 after Brian had taken the State of the Union speech from President Obama. Dear leader, Chairman Mal, and had run it through the Flesh Kincaid text analyzer, and then had run the 1801 State of the Union address from Thomas Jefferson through the Flesh Kincaid text analyzer. And then he had run a couple others. I think he ran Grover Cleveland, one of Grover Cleveland's, and then he ran one, one of Franklin Delano Obama's. And uh, what he showed was that over the uh, uh, 224 years of life under the U.S. Constitution that uh, there had been a degradation of the intelligence of the audiences that were hearing State of the Union speeches. That was his point. That you would have had to have had almost 19 years of formal education to understand Jefferson's. By the time we get to Cleveland, it's still up there. It's like 16 or 17. It hasn't degraded much. But by the time you get to Franklin Delano and Obama, it's down to 12. One of uh, Clinton's was at 9. Obama's was at 7. In other words, it would only take seven years of formal education to understand the State of the Union. Now, this is a a reflection of how stupid we have become. The Latin word is stultis. And from that, we get a a term that we we need to bring back, and that is stultifying. That's got to be the most stultifying thing I ever saw. You can put that into a sentence, you see. And... We can do the same thing with acceptance speeches at conventions because they're very lengthy, and you have to have a certain amount of characters uh, for the flesh K text analyzer to work. And so we can do the same thing with, with acceptance speeches. Now, for, let me give you the actual scores of Thomas Jefferson's 1801 State of the Union address. And by the way, it's a it's a it's a marvelous document. Go read it. In it, Jefferson talks about the Barbary pirates. Muslims, uh, jihadis. He, he talks about the challenge that the uh, United States Navy is going to have to face on the high seas with sailors being impressed. Uh, that means being uh, cast into slavery by, by by the Barbary pirates with ships being raided and sunk and their goods stolen, um, uh, merchant ships. And uh, ultimately, Jefferson, of course, has to act upon this. And he does send a, um, a uh, first contingent first contingent of United States Marines, into a foreign theater. He sends them to Tripoli to go uh, uh, retrieve a couple of ships that have been stolen and their passengers, their cargo, and their crew. And uh, they are, of course, successful. Someone should make a movie about that. Um, So here is, I ran, and I did it again this morning, and I ran Jefferson's, and you can find Jefferson's State of the Union speech, his first uh, State of the Union speech, at mikechurch.com just Search for S-O-T-U, State of the Union. Get it? Uh, I ran Jefferson's State of the Union speech through the Fleshkin K text analyzer. Here's what we get. Number of characters, 15,715. Number of words, 3,217. Number of sentences, uh, 90. Only 90 sentences. This is another thing that you'll notice. Like, if you read Chesterton a lot, G.K. Chesterton a lot... You'll note that Chesterton's sentences, there's some paragraphs in Orthodoxy that don't have any, they're one sentence. <laughs> you keep waiting for the sentence to end and it doesn't. Uh, and that's because we have been taught poor grammar. There's a great book out there. You can find it at Amazon in paperback, um, uh, probably used. It's called "Woe is I." Miner Church, you just got that wrong. It's woe is me. I always think woe Is me? No, it's wo- <laughs> properly said. It's woe is I. I am full of woe. Me's not full of woe. I am full of woe. And that and, and the author of the book starts it off with, if "We have just." Her, I, I'll never for, uh, forget the introduction to the book. Book is, we have just become grammatically idiotic, g- grammatically challenged, stupid imbeciles. And she starts out the first lesson in the introduction is, it's not woe is me, it's woe is I. (laughs) Anyways, uh, back to Jefferson. Uh, I'll skip over some of the other stats because they, Oh, okay, here's here's an interesting one. Let's highlight this one, Maggie O'Connell, since you're uh, enjoying this in there. Average number of words per sentence, 36. 36 words per sentence. Was Jefferson a grammatical idiot, or are we grammatical idiots? You know what we are? We're Dr. Seuss writers today. I like, I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam, I am. That's about the extent of a very complex sentence to an average American in 2016. It, now here, here let, me, let me just read this to you from the flesh, Kincaid. Now, Middle Church, is there a point? I thought you were going to bash Hillary. I am going to bash Hillary. It's common. Trust me. Indication of the number of years of formal education that a person requires in order to easily understand the text on the first reading. Thomas Jefferson's 1801 State of the Union address today would require 20 five, nine years of formal education, according to the Gunning Fog Index. Now, let's use the Flesch-Kincaid Index because that is the gold standard of these things, and that is an average of all the other indexes. There are four indexes that you could use. Flesch-Kincaid grade level. You ready for this? 18.21. 18.21. How many years of formal education are our children forced and compelled to undergo in public schools? 12, right? 12 years of formal education. Okay. Uh, If they go to a four-year institutional higher learning, let's add four. Now we're at 16. Let's say they go to grad school for a master's or something. Let's add two more. Now they're at 18. So they've been in... Just to give you a, a... a um, a comparison or a, a, a give you something to, to um, analyze this with A a lawyer for example would probably have about 18 19 maybe 20 years of formal education now of course it's it's imbecilic education but and it's not uh, actual education as it is as as it should be taught learning how to think not what to think? Uh, but it will require 18.21 years of formal education to understand Thomas Jefferson's 1801 State of the Union Address. As a matter of fact, I, uh, I think I have it pulled up still. Um, uh, I did have it pulled up. Well, I can find it for you, and uh, I can read you a couple sentences from it. So let's just stop there. So 18.21 years. Now, Let's go to Mrs. Clinton's speech from last night, her coronation speech. Number of characters: twenty-three thousand three hundred thirty-six. Number of words: uh, fifty-three, uh, five thousand three hundred eighty-one. Number of sentences: four hundred twenty. Uh, average number of syllable, uh, average number of words per sentence: twelve point eight words per sentence. Compare that to Thomas Jefferson's thirty. Five. So one-third of the words per sentence. Uh, Gunning Fog Index, 8.53. Now remember, the Flesh Kincaid is the gold standard. What is the grade level needed to understand and comprehend Mrs. Clinton's coronation speech last night? Ladies and gentlemen, 6.46. Let's round it off as we were taught to do, right? In early mathematics, 6th grade. You, in, in, uh, in other words, the spe- speech was written for and delivered to 6th graders. 6th <laughs> graders. Now, there is a point to be made here. I thought that the members of the Democrat Party were the most elite Highly educated air unite member of the Varfiety. Is this the sum total of their education that their that their own queen has to speak to them as though they're sixth graders? Now wait a minute, there's an even greater point to be made here. What are people that support Donald Trump called? Racist, bigots, nativists, knuckle dragging Neanderthals, hicks, hayseeds, idiots, country bumpkins, the unwashed masses, underachievers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, the poor, disheveled middle class. You know these people are idiots. They're stupid. They just don't know any better.
2: They just want somebody to retaliate against them,
0: right? Let's well, analyze. The Trumpster's speech. When Trumpzilla roared at the Republican National Convention, what was the level of his speech? Okay, here we go. Number of characters, 20,354. Number of sentences, 270. Average number of words per sentence, 164 Hmm, that's interesting. We'll round that off to 16. Let's get to the grade levels of education, shall we? Gunning Fog Index. Now remember, Trump is an idiot. Trump only hollers and screams platitudes. Trump says things that only second graders want to hear. Trump is appealing to monkeys. Trump is appealing to Neanderthals. They're not even evolved enough to use knives and forks, etc., etc. Gunning Fog Index. Donald Trump acceptance speech, 11.77. Compare that to Mrs. Clinton's. What was Mrs. Clinton's? Gunning Fog Index. Uh, 8.53. Now... Who is speaking to a more smarter, more educated, more erudite crowd? Let, let's get to the gold standard. Flesh Kincaid, comparing Mrs. Clinton now to Donald Trump. Flesh Kincaid level, 9.29. We'll round that down to nine. So, Mrs. Clinton spoke to grammarians, grammar schoolers, middle schoolers. Donald Trump made it all the way to sophomores in high school. <laughs> I just find that hysterical. <laughs> and people think that he is speaking, uh, speaking some kind of a simple language. That only the unenlightened can possibly understand. Well, the actual data says the exact opposite. It was Hillary that was uh, chortling on to idiots. It was Hillary that had to dumb things down. And I want you to know that I'm with... Don't be with me. I'm with you. You know, the young Christopher began uh, recording Mrs. Clinton's speech about an hour and a half ago, and he's still not finished. <laughs> Man, the editing of her speech, the finding points. Are, are, are you still editing?
3: <laughs> I'll I, I tell you what. she's.
0: I he, want some of the finer points of her speech, America.
3: Listen, I was in just starting my freshman year of college when Barack Obama was giving his acceptance speech. And I'm hearing deja vu.
0: oh, it sounds the
3: same very much what? except it's a female voice this time. Oh
0: wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute now. are you saying that she wait a minute <gasps> played the password is plagiarized yes <laughs> I can hear it playing in the back and hear her screaming in the back. that's I can hear her screaming in the back. I let,
2: guess. I guess let,
0: that's. A little... let, let, hey, this is probably the safest distance to listen to. Right. Shh, be quiet. Shh. Shh, shh, shh. Be quiet, folks. Don't say. Comprehensive immigration reform.
3: Revol- <laughs> <laughs> I'm marking the places for your, uh, for your for your I, use. You know,
0: I think it's better if I just mock her and just do her voice <laughs> and tell you what she said. Than actually expose you to it. I just find, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have to find this hysterical. We have been told and assured, and, and, and this comes from the mouths of, quote, conservatives, close quote, as well. Of how imbecilic and idiotic your average Trump voter is. Okay, well, somebody didn't give Trump the memo. Because apparently the people that were watching the Trump speech were were, were were almost were one, one th- by a factor of one third more educated than those that were supposedly watching Hillary's speech. Again, Hillary speaking to sixth grad. So I, uh, here, let's, let's 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 wrap this all up. So in order to be a Mrs. Clinton booster, it takes a village of sixth graders, to use her own vernacular. Well, making America great again takes ninth graders. So there we have. 844 527 8723 is our telephone number. Uh, I'm going to go to the telephones here because it is a free phone Friday. We have plenty to talk about, but I'd like to talk to John in Chicago. So, John, do you have a I'm with her or she's with us? Make She-Mail-America-Great-Again yard sign uh, after last night's coronation speech.
3: Absolutely not. <laughs> why not? <laughs> uh, that would never be in my yard. Sorry.
0: <laughs> well, I was, I, I was um, I saying 30, that in... I have
3: 30,000 reasons why not to vote for Hillary.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> so I You was... know
3: what I'm referring to. <laughs> I was saying that in jest, of course. Yeah, I know you are. Um, you know leading to that part of it, too, about 30,000 reasons. You know, the whole thing is, you know, a lot of people have been talking about, you know, Trump asking the Russians to find these emails and blah, blah, blah. You know, the whole thing is, you know, and if any of that stuff has national security stuff in it, and the FBI has confirmed there is some top-secret stuff in some of those things that they discovered, um, it just makes you wonder is, you know, would you vote for a person that, you know, maybe... Um, have a uh, a risk associated where a country like Russia or any of her enemies can blackmail her in the future. I wouldn't vote for anybody like that.
0: I'm going to have to ask you to speak uh, in Hillary uh, at Hillary level, please. Can Can you <laughs> use shorter sentences? Because I'm having a hard time understanding you.
3: <laughs> I really doubt you have a hard time understanding. You. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was We're talking about education, and I had picked up a thing on her speech where she said that, you know, anybody should have any job out there regardless to what education level they have, you know. Okay. Now here's me who's gone through uh, four years college and also seven-year dual master degree, and you're saying that somebody that doesn't even have a high school degree or, or even, you know, maybe even have a high school, you know, diploma, could have my job. I don't think so. Um, that, that's just now, like now there in anybody's face that's gone. John, all that John, that last
0: sentence. I don't think so. That's oh. a great sentence. That's only four words. Your average American, your average Hillary voter, can understand. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So let's let, let's try to keep, folks. Let's try to keep our sentences. Very short and very crisp today. And, uh, by the way, here's some reaction to Mrs. Clinton's speech last night. Are you ready?
2: Go
3: ahead. What you have just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for
2: having listened to it.
0: So, uh, there you have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and mm-hmm, that is a great... Hillary's sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that fits in a Hillary speech. Mm-hmm. I, did you see, uh, the, was I the only one that suffered through Mrs. Obama's speech on Monday night, John? Did you see it?
3: Um, you know what? I stood away from watching it until last night. I just wanted to see a okay. Hillary's uh, speech. I, you know, I got everything through what you guys talk now, about. And now, let after me- After your show's over with, I listened to McCall, have... and then I listened to Hannity later on, and- you know, the, everything I've heard from from those things is where I'm getting it from. Maybe, and then, you know, maybe at the end of the night, I would have it on, the and then maybe once I'll switch to CNN or MSNBC, which I can't. stomach up, put them on for one second? I change their station. I can't listen to them.
0: Now, now let me um, uh, let, let me just clue you in, or just give you a little uh, snippet of what Michelle Levan uh, Hussein, uh, Le- Le- Michelle Levan Robinson. Hussein Obama Didy mean Dada uh, of, 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 of what her speech was. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I can do this. Uh, Maggie O'Connell is good at doing this. I, I, I kind of stink at it, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you as I saw it. She said something to this effect. And that's the difference between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. She actually did the head snap. All oh, snap. Uh huh. I just, I, I'll go watch the video and you'll see it. I sat there and I watched it and I went, I did not just see the head snap. Well, oh, Miss O'Connell, what do you call that? When, when the, uh, when, when, uh, bonk, we, we goes, mm, mm, what, what do you, what do you call that? What is that? I call it the head snap. I don't know what you actually officially call it. She actually did that. Now, let me ask you. So you watched Mrs. Clinton's speech last night. Would you describe her as being reagan No. Okay.
3: No, not at all. So
0: I'm not the only one that thinks that Rod no. Dreher is smoking she, some she's pe- peyote. Government.
3: She's all big government. Yeah, you know, From everything she says, it's all big government. No, no.
0: Dreher said her delivery was reagan and that she made people feel good about I, America. I, I, getting- I don't
3: care about delivery; It's the content. <laughs> It's the content that you know would say, say if it's Reagan-esque or not, you know. But, you know
0: so, all right. Well, uh, keep your uh, keep your sentences short today. Remember, <laughs> there are Hillary voters out there, and we must be kind and gentle and loving to them. I mean, let's pray for them. So, <laughs> if, if you're speaking, this this is a clue, folks. I'm not kidding about this. If you if you're spoke, speaking to a diabolical, demonically inspired abortionist, that's a Hillary supporter. Speak in very short sentences, six words at the most.
3: If you go over you're six and, words, they're and, not going to understand you. Since you brought up the topic about abortion, um, you know, what about her discussion about, oh, I helped a stable, this, this disabled person to get in school. And I was like thinking, you would have probably supported that kid to be aborted before it was born if it had uh, some type of defect. In, uh, in, uh, in the world. Well,
0: I read you the story from Yahoo News uh, just the other, actually, what was it, on, on Wednesday that I went and dug up after the uh, abortionist, uh, after the live abortion on the DNC stage was reenacted by Elise Hoag. And, uh, and uh, when I re- read you the speech, I went and found a, a story from Yahoo News. And from all of all categories for this to be posted in, it was posted in the uh, family and parenthood category. And it was a story about how a woman found out, uh, found out that she was carrying a Down syndrome baby and aborted it. Mm hmm. I saw that. So uh, remember short sentences, short, <laughs> controlled sentences. And, uh, you know, don't go over 12. 12 words is the maximum. And you're speaking to sixth graders, okay? Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with Hillary voters out in the, if you can actually find w- one after last night. <laughs> all right, John. Thank you, hey. brother.
3: All right. Have a good day.
0: Yep. Yep. Eight four four five two seven eight seven two three. What is the uh, is the audio ready? Uh, it's, the, it's. You have to get
3: it from. It's not there. It's not there. It takes too long to download. Oh, okay. All right.
0: Get it from a shared file. Uh, shared file. Uh, yeah, I'll get it in a minute. I'll get I'll get it in a minute. Let me. Yeah, it does. Um, let's talk to James in Texas next on a free phone Friday, Mike Church Show uh, on the Crusade Channel, part of the Veritas Radio Network, Radio the way it should be. Yes, James, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well, Mike. How are you today?
0: I am. Uh, I am surprisingly well.
1: Oh wait, 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 wait! I, I need to dumb that down. I'm doing good, Mike. How's that? that
0: <laughs> let's not get carried away, James. All
1: right. All right. Well. Now, I, uh, I was telling Christopher, I wanted to call in yesterday as I, I was listening to the show and listening how the Democrats were, you know, lauding. Oh, there's another big one. Can't use that. But um, lauding abortion and infanticide. And yeah, I got into a discussion with a, a couple of the ladies in my life, mm-hmm. and two separate discussions. And what was interesting is, is chatting with both of them. They, they're both. Uh, they themselves are pro-life they would never never take the life of a child mm-hmm. but they said what was interesting is they said you know it, they're not against abortion because you know they don't know that other person's story they don't know what ha- what's going on in their life that would make them want to do that and I, I i tried to sit there and and explain i'm like they're, they're they're killing a baby i mean it doesn't matter they're killing a baby and it is this it, it drove me nuts I, I was beating my head against the wall and we could we never could get to a, a common ground on it but it, what was interesting is yeah it, it's almost that, that carries over into other aspects of of what they what they both believe and you know they get get it gets it into the lbgtq it's like well i don't know that person's story let them live the life the way they want you know and, one of them is actually brought up in the Catholic
0: Church, raised Catholic, went to Catholic school, and all that. And I just it, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Use air finger oh, quotation okay. marks around that Catholic. <laughs> exactly,
1: air quotations applied. Catholic, um, but and it, it's and I don't want to say it's representative of the of the, the masses, but oh no, it is. The think it is. James, I
0: mean, according to the Pew Research Center, it absolutely is representative of the masses. That's the problem, isn't it?
1: Yeah, is yeah. Everyone's like, okay, for me, it's not the right choice. That's right. Maybe, and and it's, uh, it, yeah, I know. It it drives me. It drives me. I don't want to say. I can't say it on the radio. But anyway, it drives me crazy.
0: <laughs> well um, do you, do you know that uh, this, this is fascinating and I, I didn't know this so uh, as I was reading about uh, ancient prohibitions uh, against abortion and they were and, and, the, and there were ancient prohibitions going all the way back to like Saint um, gosh I think it was St James uh, or Saint Paul uh, Saint Paul the Apostle um, did you know that one of the uses of hemlock? was to was was to cause an abortion did you know that i did not know that you would uh, take a large enough dose that would not kill you but would just kind of almost like chemo today but yeah. would kill uh, any, anything alive uh, inside of you like a baby women would wow. take hemlock I, i'm not I'm, folks i'm not making this up they would take hemlock And and try and basically poison themselves to the point of of death in the hopes that they would miscarry. And that they would, uh, this is how abortions were performed in uh, in, in ancient Rome. And when I was reading from some of the uh, doctors and fathers of the church, this was their admonition that uh, uh, to women that they stop using uh, poisons to perform abortions. So um, it, it, it's been around for quite a while. Now, that didn't stop, though. I, I, I didn't read anywhere when I was reading from St. Gregory the Great or, or St. John Chrysostom, uh, two early doctors, St. Anselm wrote, uh, or, uh, wrote against it, St. Saint, uh, Saint Augustine wrote against it. I didn't read anything about any exceptions. I didn't read anything about mitigating circumstances and conditions. Nothing of the sort. That's what you have to tell these people. You don't, don't, don't tell me that you're a quote air finger quotation mark Catholic when you can say, "Well, I don't know what that person's circumstances." Well, that would apply to any mortal sin. Then why even bother to have a moral uh, a moral teaching? Why even bother to have a code? Hell, why even bother to have the word sin left in the vocabulary? Yeah, I tell mean, her that. Where, where, does it, where does it stop? Ask her if there is any sin. Here, 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 James. Ask her if there is any sin that her her current condition cannot be mitigated against. In other words, is there any sin can they can she kill her husband? Well, I don't know the situation she was in. Maybe she needed to kill him. Maybe he was in need of a killing. Uh, what uh, can, she, can she kill her neighbor? Can she go rob from her neighbor and steal? Can she uh, can can she go uh, bear, uh, bear false uh, false witness? Here, here's a good one. Well, I don't know what condition, what, what circumstances she was in, James. Okay, so it's okay for your husband to go bop the neighbor. How about that? Do you know what circumstances he's in? You just can't use his argument here. That is, you know what that is? That is what the ter- the proper term for that is. That is moral relativism. You can, in other words, you can relate your morality to something that, uh, that either excuses it or mitigates it. That's what it is. So uh, in light of that, then uh, the, 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 the proper response is, what is truth? Conformity of the mind to reality. What is reality? Reality is that there is a moral code, and it says that there is to be that life begins at conception. And there is no mitigating circumstance for any woman or man, any man or woman, to take the life of the pre-born child. And that's the end of the discussion. And that's all you, all you have to say. Yep. And, and look, and you also have to know, and and, and, and David Simpson reminds me of this. I host the True Money Show. My, uh, my best friend uh, reminds me of this often. He's kind of like my conscience sometimes. That Mike, you can't speak to people and expect results when they don't have goodwill. If someone is not operating with goodwill, you're just talking to a wall, and, and you know what? you're almost better off not talking to them when they're not op- when they're not proceeding with goodwill. So uh, uh, sometimes these conversations are all, also just better left unsaid. Uh, because you may uh, you may wind up alienating or distancing a, a good friend or a family member, and they're just not ready to hear the truth. They're not ready to die, they're not ready to, to accept it. James, um, you know, sometimes you know you're at a at, at a place in your faith and in your life or in your practice of the gospels that other people aren't in, and uh, they're just not ready for. it. Just like sometimes people aren't ready to hear the truth when it comes to, to, to simple things, what I think are simple things like the incorporation doctrine of the Constitution. No, the 14th Amendment does not ratify or re-ratify the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments to the Constitution, uh, in all 50 states. It simply doesn't. It doesn't say that. It wasn't written for that purpose. It doesn't say that. But if you try to explain that to a person that's got an a, a, a Eddie Eagle NRA cap on, they're going to want to fight you. And, yep. and it doesn't matter if you're correct. It doesn't matter what the truth is. If they're not ready to hear it, then they're not going to hear it. And that's just it. It happens sometimes, and we just have to deal with that. Yeah.
1: And there's a lot of people that are that way right now. A, a, a huge amount of people that are that way, to so, use a, a Trump term.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, how do you think that – now, now uh, out of the two conventions now, out of the, uh, the pair of conventions – uh, which of the candidates, uh, if we were to try to analyze this using the old political model from the old station in the old country, 2012, 2008, 2004, four, two 92, et cetera, which of the two do you think had a better convention? Oh, wow.
1: Wow. Um... Reading what my Facebook friends say, they say it's all Hillary. But, you know, that's, they, they're, uh, that's why they're my Facebook friends and not my close friends. I was getting ready to say, um, it
0: sounds to me like you need new Facebook friends.
1: Right, well, that's why they're not my close friends. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, really looking at it and what, and its I don't want to use anyone else's talking points, but, you know, listening to Trump, he's saying things that people want to hear. Now, whether it's whether we would follow through with it is a huge question mark in my mind. Um, I don't know that he will. I, know we, I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of platitudes. And you listen to Hillary, and she's trotting out the same old Democratic mantra. Just it never changes. And I don't know. I, it's you know, part of my. I, I was brought up in a very conservative upbringing, so I, I have. I still tend to, to fall that way. And when I li- listen to the other side, I, I guess I get a little closed minded. But yeah, I think I think Trump speaks a little bit more. To what people want to hear, and and what he thinks the direction of this country should go, and I think Hillary is stuck in the yeah you know, the old way. Hillary well, can they're all, yeah they're all bad and we, right we love you and we're going to help you and let government do it for you and yeah you, know, you you can't make that decision you you don't have uh, well obviously there are only sixth graders that she's speaking to so they don't have the edu- you don't have the education. To be able to understand what we're trying to do, so let us do that. Well,
0: her speechwriter apparently thinks that she needs to appeal to sixth graders or, pe- or pe- uh, people with a Jethro Bodine from the Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, remember the? I think, uh, he, I think he had a higher education than uh, He did, because uh, <laughs> Uncle Jed would brag him, that boy, is smart boy. You got a sixth grade. That's my sixth grade. Uncle, uh, that's, that's my sixth grade education. Uncle Jed. Uh, that was a joke in the Fair- Beverly Hillbillies. It was made real at, uh, 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 during Hillary's uh, coronation ceremony last night.
1: Yeah, it's scary. It, it really is. The state of the education in this country is, is really scary. So,
0: I think that these political conventions, though, by and large, are just ex- uh, quadrennial exercises in pure American pride and vanity. Uh, I do not like either one of them. If I had to choose between the two, I would obviously choose, and I'll, I'll play you the reason why, I would obviously choose the Republican version of the conventions. Um, but they are just huge exercises in hyperbole, vanity, and just embarrassing pride. The jingoism and nationalism that's going on in those stages is just embarrassing. Uh, I, we if, if Here. If we were to watch a uh, whatever political party Vladimir Putin belongs to, if we were to watch a re elect President Putin convention, trans uh, a broadcast from Moscow. Uh, with the same pomp the same circumstance and the same words and the same uh, the same platitudes about how great russia is and how uh, we need to rebuild the russian military and we need to uh, that, that, that russia is the greatest country in the, in the history of the world etc cetera, etc cetera. and if there were russian translators standing by that were translating the speeches or somehow we could um through the miracle as the people that heard the uh, the, the, apo- uh, the apostles early on. Uh, because, you know, when the apostles went into country, countries and didn't speak the native language, they spoke their language, but people heard it in their native language. So if we could hear a Putin, a re-elect President Putin, uh, convention, and here it, it just just like we just heard the Democrat convention or the Republican convention, we would declare war immediately. We would think that it was the end of days. The world is over. The Russians are coming. The, the Russians are coming to kill us. And uh, these are the most evil, despicable, the diabolical haughty, arrogant, prideful people ever they can't be talked to, they can't be reasoned with, they can't be bargained with, they don't feel pity or remorse and they absolutely will not stop until we are dead. We would be mortified and I think, think that's the the way the rest of the world, if they have any modesty or humility, that's the way the rest of the world sees us today. And I right, would that, mark
1: that's, that's the that's the way the mainstream media thinks about Russia after after uh, Trump's comments w- of saying, "Hey, that's you know, right, that's a, right." Marshall's and Putin stuff. doesn't like, even have to Russia.
0: say anything.
1: I mean, you you think we were back in the Cold War listening to the way they responded to his, his little joke the other day? I mean, it's it's asinine.
0: Well, uh, I, I I will submit to you again that is precisely and exactly because. The, the parrot press corps the industrial media complex is in on all this they're with they are with her and they can uh, they cannot think of anything outside the sixth grade flesh kincaid box uh james i appreciate the free phone friday uh, phone call brother thank you very much sister 844-527-8723 here is my summation of the democrat national baby killing convention
3: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the president of Naral Pro-Choice America, Elise Hoag.
0: That's all I you need to know. I'm a
2: fourth-generation Texan. Texas women are tough. Texas women kill we babies. We approach yeah. challenges with clear eyes and full hearts. To succeed in life, all we need are the tools, the trust, and the chance to chart our own path. I was fortunate enough to have these things when I found out I was pregnant years ago. I wanted a family, but it was the wrong time. I made the decision that was best for me, to have an abortion and get compassionate care at a clinic in my own community. Wait,
0: wait. As if that's not now, bad it gets
2: worse. Years later, ah. my husband and I are parents to two incredible children. My story.
0: Now, explain that to your two incredible children that they won the baby survival lottery. Hey, guess what, Johnny? You won the baby survival lottery brought to you by NARAL. Thank you very much. Sick, twisted, demonic, satanic, diabolical. Uh, I made a joke for those of you, and since yesterday's show was so sparsely listened to, I can pretty much uh, much tell the same joke and story to today's audience because most of you didn't hear it. What is the Democrat, After that, after telling an international audience that we're Americans and we're proud that we slaughter our children in, in their mother's wombs so that we can get extra square footage in our McMansions and newer cars with higher car notes. Uh, after that, how do you top that? What do you do with the third? Uh, if there is a 2020 Democrat National Circus Convention, what do you do? And, and, and you know, uh, Folks, and I tell you this with all honesty and sincerity, I hope I am watching it from another country. I really do. I, I prefer that the country be the little republic of St. Tammany flying the Cadillac de sacre Corps over uh, uh, overhead. Uh, I don't think that that's going to happen. I hope for it to happen. And by the way, we will be a, by definition, consecrated in communion with Rome country. We will acknowledge the singular teaching authority of the Catholic Church and the Holy Father as its head, because he is. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't have a St. Tammany Congress, that we can't have a St. Tammany uh, a Senate, can't have a Republic of St. Tammany President or Prime Minister, whatever we want to have. It doesn't matter. Provided our laws do not violate the eternal laws taught and defended by Holy Mother Church, it doesn't matter what form of government we have. It's irrelevant. Because it, 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 as long as your government is under that authority... You're going to produce goodness. We will produce warts, yes, and scars as well because we're human and we're fallible and men fall. All true. But we won't produce killing babies on our international television. We won't produce boasting and bragging about killing babies on our international television or telecast. Free phone Friday telephone number eight four four five two seven eight seven two three. I'm gonna. So let me let me get to my story. So for the twenty twenty Democrat National Circus. What do you do to beat that? How do you top that? What's the encore? I suggested yesterday, and after hearing Mrs. Clinton and those cavalcade of abortionists last night, I'll suggest it again. Find some woman, like James was speaking of, whose circumstances we can't possibly understand. Find some woman who, us knuckle dragging Neanderthal uh, traditionalists, can't understand their circumstances and she just happens to be impregn- uh, impregnated and you know what it's not the right time for her so she's going to do what's right for her find some woman that is in need of and wishes to or, or wishes to have a abortion and murder her soon to be born child find one of them Bring them to the stage at the Democrat National Circus, have her get on the stage and tell her sob story. <laughs> I gotta do this because I don't want to. <laughs> you know what? It won't even have to be a sob story. Rob and I aren't ready yet because Rob is up for a promotion and I'm up for a promotion too. And I'm not gonna subject my promotion in my career to some child. That I haven't even named yet. So I'm gonna do what's right for me. Right? Have her introduce herself and her and her sub, and, and, and her and, and her sophistry, her arrogance and her pride, and her hubris. And she needs a bigger car, a better job, and a larger home. And a more beefed up 401k, you think. And then have to have Dr. Benny Boom Bops walk out. And then to the cheering, adulation of tens of thousands gathered in the arena and tens of millions watching at home with beer and popcorn, Dr. Benny Boombach will take that woman backstage and during the rest of the evening's speeches will actually perform the apartment. She'll come out at the end of the last, uh, before uh, it, she will come out from the abortion, because remember, it's safe and legal and easy and healthy and fun. She'll come out, we'll get a little videotape of the child being killed. She'll come out 10 pounds lighter and introduce the keynote speaker for the evening. That's how you top what we just heard. Now, if you think that that's my sick, twisted mind at work, think of how it is that I can even propose that, and some of you were thinking, like, I could see that happening. Do you want to be in league with, concert with, in union with, in um, nationalism with, and patriotism with, people that are capable of doing that? Do you? If matters of life and death don't matter, I have to ask the question, well, what does? Oh, that's right, that's right. Refinancing my mortgage. I'm not ready for a baby because I'm going through a refinance. Right now. Same is true for almost every facet of American life. Well, I'm not ready to continue this marriage right now because it's just too hard. Well, you know what? You need to shut up and work harder at it then. 844-527-8723 is our telephone number. 844 527 crusade. Let me take you uh, to this one. D-d-d-d-d- here you go. This is at thefederalist.com on Mrs. Clinton's historic night. Here's a headline, Hillary Clinton's historic night marred by contradiction and dissent. If you watch the final night of the Democrat National Circus on television at home or at, uh, or at a watch party... <coughs> <coughs> It might have seemed like everything went pretty well for Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. She gave a decent speech, had all the points she needed to hit. There were some strong speeches earlier in the night, despite some disruptions from protesters earlier in the week. The convention ended up being more or less the media spectacle party officials hoped it would be. I'm going to predict that there is not going to be a Mrs. Clinton bounce out of this, and that I'm going to stick with my Trump winning 48 states to Mrs. Clinton's two. Uh, But not everything was quite as it seemed inside the convention hall, blah, 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 blah. During a speech by General John Allen, who was the first to mention ISIS or terrorism, they began chanting, no more war. But it was quickly drowned out by vastly superior numbers of Hillary supporters chanting, USA, USA, USA. After Allen's speech, retired U.S. Army Captain and Medal of Honor recipient, Florent Groberg, spoke, and again, cries of no more war rose up, in scattered pockets, only to be suppressed by chants of USA, USA, USA. Again, folks, let me just make the comparison here. We were watching a convention to renominate President Putin for a second term, and this was going on, we would be reco- recoiling in mortal fear for our lives. We would be assured that Putin and his army were coming to, to, to get us, everyone in this hemisphere, et cetera, et cetera. Why should the rest of the world look at us and think anything different? The problem for the Democrat on what was supposed to be and perhaps was, despite the disruption, the historic night, the nomination of, first woman of, uh, of the first, first woman for president is that their messaging is totally contradictory. That's really been the great theme of the Democrat National Circus this year, contradiction and doublespeak, as I have been pointing out to you. America is stronger because of President Obama's leadership, Mrs. Clinton said, and yet powerful forces are threatening to pull us apart. No, we are already apart. And our bonds of trust and respect are fraying. She praised Obama and uh, Vice President Biden for saving us from economic collapse, creating millions of new jobs, giving millions of people health insurance, saving the auto industry, and making it stronger than ever before. That's real progress, she said. That's right. Having cars somewhat manufactured in America with foreign parts, that's real progress. Foreign parts that you and I had to subsidize and pay for. That's progress? Great. Some of you are frustrated, even furious. And you know what? You're right, Mrs. Clinton said. But why would anyone be furious after all that progress under Obama? Ladies and gentlemen, again, I gave you the reason why anyone should be furious for watching the Democrat National Party's uh, fiasco of infanticide 2016 fest.
2: I wanted a family, but it was the wrong time. I made the decision that was best for me to have an abortion and get compassionate care at a clinic in my own community. Yay!
0: Yay! Let's kill some more! They cheer. That's, that is what is infuriating. The Democrats are trying to do the impossible. Blah, 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 blah. Uh... It was obvious that in his final night that the DNC wanted to appeal to the voters, uh, it knows it's losing. They trotted out soldiers, veterans, and some Republican guy who said Trump, Trump is no Ronald Reagan. Blah, 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 blah. None of this, folks, I'm telling you, none of this is going to work. One more point from, um, gosh, I don't I don't have the author here. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you after the timeout. Uh, Under normal circumstances, that might be fine. But the DNC this week adopted an extreme policy on abortion. Now, you may be saying, come on, Mike Minnett Church, please stop with the abortion. I know it's uncomfortable to hear the truth. But these are facts. The DNC this week, by the way, way, is it any coincidence that the DNC, Democrat National Circus, is also DNC? NC dilation dilation intaage, which is the process of i don't I won't get into the medical process it's one of the ways ways you' can abort a baby um, but the DNC this week adopted an extreme policy on abortion the official party platform now now listen to this this is important so you, if you need a defense out there in the trenches against this stuff listen listen up the official Democrat Party platform now calls for a repeal of the Hyde Amendment, which prohibits taxpayer dollars from being used to pay for abortions. The party's position used to be that abortions should be safe, legal, and rare, but not anymore. Now all American taxpayers should be forced to fund it through programs like Medicaid. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you, we as Christians... Catholics, whatever our denomination, doesn't matter, Can cannot be a party to this. We cannot in any way, shape, or form if that means declaring that the nanosecond you repeal the Hyde Amendment, we're out. We gone. This state... This county, this city, is officially seceded from and will conduct no official business with your diabolical and demonic government. We will not render a single red cent to you. Not a penny. We're not collecting your gas taxes, nothing. We're gone. We are free and independent from this day forward. The fact that they've actually even proposed this to cheering throngs of people. He is enough to warrant our preparation to leave the union and leave it now. Before it's too late, before they don't let us leave it. Peacefully And amicably try and go our way, but the fact that they put it in the platform and they brought that woman and they put her on international television so she could tell the story of how she killed her soon-to-be-born child and now we want other women to do the exact same thing and you and I get to pay for it? No uh uh-uh. uh not going to happen not maybe or let's consider it or let's moderate or let's have a let's have a conference and hold hands and sing kumbaya and figure out a compromise no compromise we gone it's over so having said all that having said all that and after considering the alternative those that are saying that the evil that is Hillary mu- must be stopped, finally, actually do, Mark Kreslin's, have a point. While we refuse to leave the union or pending our attempt to leave the union, if that doesn't happen, then yes, she must be stopped. If that requires that I have to go and, and, and vote or you have to go and vote... For another candidate, and I'm not going to tell you which one or who, that will prevent her from obtaining the levers of power in that White House. You know the executive can enforce that law right there. Medicaid Medicaid will start aborting babies. You and I will pay for it. If that means that I actually do have to go and participate in this ridiculous exercise, this quadrennial ridiculous exercise, just for the sake of denying that evil access to power, then, folks, that's what we got to do. This is the Mike Church Show here on the Crusade Channel, part of the Veritas Radio Network, radio the way it should be.